Welcome to Texas Businesses on the Rise. I'm Tatiana Chamorro, owner at High Digital Dallas and VP of High Creative. We interview business owners and their journey, dive into the do's, don'ts, and overall experience. We want to empower others by sharing experiences so we get raw and real on what it means to be a business owner. Stick around to the end of the podcast. We'll share great insights and reveal how you can be the next one interviewed. Let's do it. everyone and thank you so much for tuning in to Texas Businesses on the Rise. I am your host Genesis Amaris Kemp and today we will be chatting with Pamela Goodwin. She's going to tell us a little bit more about her business, how she got started, and drop us some nuggets that you can take as your actionable items to help you thrive. Hi Pamela, welcome. Hi, happy to be here. Happy Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining us on Texas Business Businesses on the Rise. And I want to, want to start off by having you tell me a little bit more about your business. Goodwin Commercial is based here in Plano, Texas. Started my business 15 years ago, which is really hard to believe. We're a commercial real estate brokerage consulting development company, really helping a lot of small business owners find the perfect space to lease or to buy. And we always, another thing we're really thriving on is helping people to actually invest in commercial real estate so you can be financially free. I love that. So I heard you said you started 15 years ago. And one thing that stood out is helping people be financially free, which is something I think everyone wants. No one wants to be in debt. So what prompted you to start your business 15 years ago? Well, I've been in some format. I have a surprise, you know, I have a degree in interior design from the University of Nebraska. And for the first 15 years of my career, I worked for large shopping center developers. And at that part, I was designing a lot of spaces and then went into leasing and went, worked for the landlord and then ended up working on the tenant side, Brinker International. And at the time, you may be familiar with Chili's and, and Maggiano's and On the Border. And I worked for them developing um, Chili's pad site. So I did more than 50 of those from the ground up. And I decided I saw some of these landowners making a lot of money, you know, developing commercial real estate. So 15 years ago, I started my own business. Overall, I was tired of making other people money and then, you know, adventured on being an entrepreneur and for 15 years now, I love Monday. So if you're not loving Mondays, you're not doing your passion and you're not doing what you should be, your God-given talent and, and all that. So I started my own business and I love every day working and helping people invest in real estate. I love that, Pam. And I guess, oh, do you want me to call you Pam or Pamela? <laughs> <laughs> I only kind of get referred to Pamela as if I'm in trouble for my mother. No, <laughs> So feel free to call me Pam. I love that, Pam, because what really jumped out to me is the fact that you work for 
other people building their brand, building their legacy and empire. And then you probably had your aha moment where you said, you know what, what I'm doing for other people, I could do that for myself. And I could, you know, put my core values, morals, and whatever makes me feel good into it and really help people. So that really jumped out. And as you were talking, I thought about the book, with Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and how he's saying you have to know what vehicle you want to operate in, whether you're in the e-bucket, the employee bucket, the owner bucket business, or whatever the case may be. And I, and you obviously saw that and you easily, you know, hit the light switch and be like, okay, let me be on and I'm going to be on. So can you tell us a little bit more on maybe some tips and tricks that you will give someone who is aspiring to build their business and for those listeners out there who may want to get into commercial real estate, what advice would you give them? I feel, you know, a lot of people have all of these ideas that they want to get into business, but they either usually stick to what they're doing because they're comfortable working for a corporation, which is always great because, you know, at the time they provide, you know, your health care. And I think that's a big part of why a lot of people don't want to leave a company because some of those benefits. But what I did when I was thinking about starting my own business, I found a business partner who was doing exactly what I wanted to do. And at the time he was developing chilies. So I met with him to see if he would help me start my own business. And he was an excellent mentor and coach. And we were business partners for the first four years. So I always advise, go meet with people that are doing exactly what you envision to do. If you want to go open up, you know, a dog park or go open up a bakery or whatever business it is, start talking to those entrepreneurs. There's so many people out there willing to help. And you just have to ask. And my motto is, Find a way and never, never give up. So if you want to pursue something, just start asking people. People are so willing to help. And then when it comes to commercial real estate, you know, there's so many resources now that you can Google and find out. There's some great, you know, YouTube videos out there to get started in commercial real estate. Everybody thinks you always have to have a lot of money to get in, you know, first you know, to buy your first property. And I put an, you know, an old vacant Kentucky fried chicken building um, under contract for 500 bucks. And people are surprised about that. So for you listeners out there, Pam took an old KFC location with just $500. So if you have $500 in your bank account right now, Go get a piece of vacant property, but make sure you do your due diligence and don't go into it blindly. And one thing that Pam just said is if you're aspiring to do something, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to look for that mentor, whether it's a formal mentor or an informal mentor, but be willing to learn knowledge and gain that wisdom and insight by someone else who is already in the game doing it. Because, you know, we never want to make assumptions. And we also want to make sure that whatever we get into, we also do our research and, you know, make sure we put our heart in it, but just don't have all your heart into it where you think with your emotions and then you're not thinking business savvy. Did I get that right, Pam? (laughs) You got that right. I wanted to give you a good example too. I 
uh, it's been a couple of years now, just a couple of years because she just opened, but she had a dream and a goal. She had no experience and hired me as a consultant. She always had a dream of opening up her own fabulous senior living. She had seen all these other places and she's like, you know, I'm going to build my own. And so she reached out to me as a consultant and I was able to help her get a $3.3 million loan. She had, I showed her how the equity, she bought two acres of land and she had equity in it. She had, you know, her brother help her buy the land. She had equity in it. I helped her get the SBA loan, helped her, you know, with the architect, civil engineer. And now she just opened up two of her homes for senior living. And it's just, fabulous. So there's always a way out there. Just find a way, team up with the right people, collaborate. And they're so it's so easy, accessible by, you know, getting online and researching people or asking people to help you. And we do mentoring too. I, I mentor people on a monthly basis and coach them too. Just like you said, you do not want to go it alone. You would not hop in an airplane and start flying alone. Team up with the right people and and we'll save you, you know, save you years of learning by teaming up with the right people. And and I always look to make sure I'm protecting my clients in every which way so that they're successful and profitable. That is amazing. And I guess a scripture that just popped into my head is write the vision and make it plain. So if you have a vision out there, write it down and put it somewhere where you are, um, where you could see it daily and make sure you're speaking about it and allowing it to manifest. But also you also have to, you know, take actions today to build your build yourself a better future for tomorrow. So you could see it all day you want, all day long, how you want, but if you're not taking those steps in order to achieve your dreams, then they're just going to be dreams. And I tell people that, you know, those dreams are going to end up in the graveyard because you were never bold enough to take that leap of faith, hop over that hurdle or knock down those barriers. So you must listen to Les Brown. I, I do, but my uh, my dad recently passed and my dad oh. was very spiritual so and religious. So all of my learnings I got from my dad, who was um, from South America, and I miss him dearly. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, but that's the biggest regret people have is, like you said, not taking action and thinking, overthinking and thinking. I, recently, you know, I started um, having a vision board and... I read my top three goals every single day. And I listen to my meditation and motivation and do my prayer every morning and read those. Because like you said, if you can vision it, it can happen. And you need to stop being a student and get out there and take action. You can keep learning, learning and learning. But unless you take one step at a time, lose that one ounce and, you know, just keep taking, you'll just keep making progress. But one step at a time. I love that. And I love how you're intentional with how you start off your morning and what you feed your body because your body is your temple, what you put into your soul and how you go walk, walk that out into your business. And I guess that brings me to my next question, Pam, is what were some of the struggles that you faced early on and how did you overcome them? As a business owner, the struggles, I, lucky I had, you know, a good good way when I first started, but, you know, there's the struggle is trying to 
do it all yourself. And if I learned anything in the last 15 years is you need to set up your systems right from the beginning and follow those systems. You need to delegate, like they say, anything that you can delegate. If you're doing, you know, making copies or doing something that you could pay $10, that's all you're valued right there. That's what you're worth at that time is $10. Learn to outsource, learn to delegate, hire, you know, if you can. But I outsource almost every single thing that I do. And that's paid off a lot because you do not want to get burned out by doing the task that other people can do. I love that. So you could be the brains, but you don't have to be the mastermind behind everything is how I articulated that. And so if you have the, for you listeners out there, if you have the means to outsource, make sure you outsource because that's also going to save you time because there's someone else that can probably do it better and faster than you can. And you could focus on the things that are more valuable, like scaling up your business, meeting one-on-one with the clients, doing podcasts or whatever the case may be for you and your business need. And I guess how I do wanted, you- excuse me, I wanted to, I know I wanted to add a lot of viewers probably are aware of it, but I use Upwork a lot and Fiverr, but mainly Upwork when I'm getting some things done. I just recently updated my website. I was having a hard time finding the right company because all these people are emailing me, Pam, you need to update your website. I'm like, okay. And then they all wanted, you know, five, $10,000. I'm like, I am not spending five or $10,000 upside, you know, my website. And I found this great guy on Upwork you know, for like 120 bucks, he's practically updating my website and did an unbelievable job. And now he's updating it every day for me and updating my blogs and, you know, for hardly anything. So there's all kinds of good resources out there. So with Upwork, because I have heard of Upwork and Fiverr, what made you go with Upwork versus Fiverr? I I felt, I, I, I do use both, but between the two of them, I feel like on Upwork, I get higher quality people that are out there, uh, probably a little bit better screen because you do pay more for it. So I just feel like the quality of people that I've been able to outsource, I've had better luck with that. But I use Fiverr for, you know, minimal stuff. But Upwork, definitely the quality of people, I get what I want on a high professional level. Okay, that's good, especially, and I'm glad you interjected to uh, put that out there because there may be someone who needs to outsource, but they don't want to pay a lot, but they also want to get a bang for their buck. So thank you, um, Pam, for interjecting there. And um, sorry, lost my train of thought there. (laughs) I guess um, what I wanted to ask you, Pam, is so how do you find your clients and how do you retain your clients? That's a good question. I, I feel like I, you have to, it's such a noisy world out there. You have to be seen on all of the, I mean, it's great now with all the social media. To me, I have found out LinkedIn is number one, as far as getting new business opportunities for me. I post every single day on LinkedIn and I have more than 30,000 connections on that for, but for my business, you know, that's the best way. And on the other social media, I really engage with 
you know, if I'm trying to get a new client or a new restaurant or a new retailer to the area, I'll just send them a DM on their social media and find out who does their real estate site selection for them. And all of them respond. But LinkedIn has provided unbelievable opportunities for me. Another thing that I started doing during the pandemic is going back the old fashioned way of writing personalized letters. Mm. I just, I just picked up some note cards, you know, that I could mail out. And I sent one out to, you know, I just wrote them a quick note. Hey, if you ever plan on, you know, need a new listing person or selling your property, give me a call. And that person did. So it goes back writing those letters because everyone, there's still a lot of people are still at home. We all love reading a handwritten note or hand, you know, getting, throwing in a little personalized gift in that for minimal amount of money. And I use Vistaprint for all of that. I'm a big fan of theirs. So just, you know, throwing in something fun and writing them a personalized letter, it goes a long ways these days. Oh my gosh. I just lit up when you said you writ a handwritten note card and you sent it in the mail because nowadays I feel like sometimes when people are trying to market their business, like everything looks salesy or it looks like that cookie cutter and there's no intentionality put into it. So whenever, um, and I could speak from my husband's example because he's the mastermind behind his business because he's a chef. And mm. whenever I help him on his business side, sometimes I'll do like the fluffy stuff. I'm like, oh, let me send them a personalized note or let me just send them an email or just, hey, just pick up the phone and call and let them know I'm think we're thinking about them. If there's anything that we could offer. And I think you, you don't know how like something as so small as a handwritten a note card, a personalized um, phone, not a recording or anything like that, but just something that you put your heart and there's love into it, how that's going to be received on the other end, because that person may be having, you know, a down day, a blue Monday or whatever. And when they get your, your card, they're like, oh, wow, they thought about me. And, you know, they took their time and, you know, all of that stuff goes into it. So I just love how you said that you, you do that because it speaks volumes because now we're in a microwave society where everyone wants things quick, quick, quick. And it's like, pop, like, let me put it in. Okay. It's done. No one wants to do the slow cooker and process it, let it simmer and et cetera. So I want to really thank you so much, Pam, for just sharing your insights with us today here on Texas Businesses on the Rise. I also want to give you an opportunity to give our listeners the name of your business, your contact information, how they can reach you and connect with you outside of this podcast. Well, I loved visiting with you today. I know I could talk business all day long and business tips. I do have a couple books out. I, you know, I did... 25 jobs and 25 lessons learned and thankful Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank wrote my testimonial on the cover, had the opportunity to meet with her one-on-one for two hours up in their New York City condo. So if you have it, and that was going, going off, but that was one thing I just asked and got on her web. People are like, how did you meet with her? And I'm like, well, I just got on her website and asked her for a meeting. And she said, yes, you know, so anyway, so but please reach out to me. My website is just pamgoodwin.com. I'm on LinkedIn. Reach out to me on LinkedIn. Send me a message. 
I'm also doing a new show called The Pam Goodwin Show, and it's on YouTube. We're interviewing, inspiring entrepreneurs, celebrities, and a variety of people to inspire people to take that next step. So we're doing that. But reach out to me at my email is pam at pamgoodwin.com. Thank you so much, Pam. And there you have it, listeners. We have had Pam Goodwin on Texas Businesses on the Rise. Once again, I am your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp, and I hope you have a wonderful Wednesday. And we're going to end this recording, and I'm going to get to talk to Pam offline. So toodles. (laughs) Bye. Hey there, this is Tatiana. Thank you so much for listening to Texas Businesses on the Rise. If you are a successful entrepreneur who would like to be on this podcast, please visit highdigital.com slash podcast dash Texas slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, please share this episode on social media. You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media and let them know about the show and include the hashtag Texas Businesses on the Rise. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, highdigital.com Dallas. Or follow me directly on LinkedIn and Instagram at Tatiana Chamorro. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.